The following is a production of Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. Ladies and gentlemen, man, I'm trying to I'm trying to have a little bit of excitement, but it's been a while since I've been able to talk to my man Jonesy. And last time we talked, last time we talked and last time we did a show, I believe uh Doug Peterson still had a job. Uh, Carson Wentz was barely holding on to the starting quarterback position. The Eagles were heading downward. They were on a downward spiral. They hadn't crashed and burned yet. Since the last time we talked, they hadn't crashed and burned yet, but that crash and burn has started. That has happened. And now you and I, my friend, we are left to pick up the pieces. Doug Peterson is out. So my first thing was I wanted to get you on and I wanted to get your initial thoughts. Doug Peterson is out. What did you think? Honestly, I don't know what it is exactly that the Eagles accomplished. Yeah, Doug is gone. I don't think anyone ever considered Doug to be the greatest coach ever, but you did know the guys played for him. It was never a question of whether or not guys came motivated and ready to play hard. He could have used, probably used some help with some X and O guys, but I don't think as far as front office concerns, play concerns beyond personnel of the 53 Doug was not the biggest mm-hmm. and my biggest concern personally is that the guy who hired Doug the guy who hired Chip Kelly the guy who hired this is well, he's about to make the new hire. This yes. will be his third This will coach. be his third coach. And with Chip Kelly, there was a power struggle that he ended up eventually losing. With Doug Peterson, there are reports, apparently, that there was a power struggle where Doug Peterson threatened to walk last year. This year, it almost seemed like Doug wanted out in some ways. And... It seemed like this time Howie Howie Roseman won the power struggle that he initially lost with Chip Kelly last time. And I have to ask the question, is Doug the problem or is Howie the problem? And in my mind, Howie is the bigger of the problems. Howie was the bigger of the problems. I agree with that. However, I feel like this was something that we talked about all season. You know, I felt like this season was marred by organizational failure. Absolutely. You know, just, you know, from from top to bottom. I felt like it started to become it, it really started to become obvious that a change needed to be made after the bye week. You know, we're it's like we're it hasn't been we're not that far removed from the Andy Reid era. Where Andy used to see, it seemed like whenever the buy came, that's when, you know, that was Andy's time to get right. Mm-hmm. Andy, who almost never, I think maybe it might have been that last season. But before that, Andy never lost after the buy. The buy Andy won his first, I believe it was 14 in a row, 14 years in a row. He went, he had never lost after a bye. After He's a bye. now, even to this day, like 17 and three after a bye mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. The man doesn't, you give the man time to make a game play and he doesn't lose. Exactly. And then you look at, and, and this organization brought Doug Peterson in because they thought that he was, some, he was a move forward with, elements of and like with still with some elements of Andy. This was an Andy guy, but it was a new, it was a new coach, a new guy. But see here's the thing though. Mm-hmm. Because they brought Doug in 
also partially because they thought Doug could be controlled. Mm. He didn't have the resume or the track record or the, you know, the cachet to be able to come in and try to yeah. rock the boat in the same way that Chip Kelly did. Mm-hmm. But I think it, it was also it was like the best of both worlds. You mm-hmm. went with you went with Chip Kelly. Chip, you brought in Chip Kelly, who was a you know, he, he was the hot college coach. He was the big college name, and he comes mm-hmm. in. He has immediate success. They, and uh, because of all those things, he was able to win that power struggle yes. with Howie Roseman initially. Yes, he had immediate. He has immediate success, mm-hmm. and he's able to command. His first inkling was to command some control. He comes in his very first season. You know, he his very first season following a disaster of a season with Andy Reid. He takes Andy Reid's guys. A lot of those were still Andy Reid's guys. And gets them back to winning the division. So, you know, whether or not, you know, what went on, what happened after that, what what followed that up, you know, you know, that is what it is. But you go with you go with Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly then after winning the division, pretty pretty much drove the team into the ground. But you bring in Doug Peterson. Because you felt like the culture needed to be changed. You felt like the culture had changed, had gotten away from what you had been used to with Andy. You have a guy who is familiar, who was brought up in the Andy Reid culture. But just like to your point, you could also control. Mm -hmm. It's the best of both worlds. You have an Andy guy, a guy who's aching to the the coach that brought you the most success at at that time. At that time, Andy Reid was the most accomplished coach in Eagles history. You bring in, so you bring in a guy from, you know, who's from that tree, from that coaching tree, but you are also able to have some control over. Mm -hmm. Because I believe, honestly, you know, honestly, that could have possibly been their mindset when they first, when they initially brought Andy in because Andy wasn't an, uh, an offensive coordinator. He was a quarterback coach. Mm-hmm. And then over the years, as they had success, he was able to gain more and more power within the organization. It happened gradually. Mm. And Andy never asked for full power either. Mm-hmm. He was willing to share it. He just wanted a part of it. It, it, it goes back. You, you remember what uh, Bill Parcells said when he first left the Patriots about wanting the about if they want you to cook the meal, they should at least allow you Let's to you buy the groceries. Elect, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think you know that's like a you know that's that's a famous quote, but it, it pretty much that's what coaches want, right? And I would say. I don't think Doug wanted to buy the groceries. He just wanted some sex. He, def- he definitely, I don't think he was a big fan of the guy who was doing the grocery shopping. I think and I therein lies the problem because you heard reports during the last coaching search where they did eventually bring up bring in Doug Peterson, who was not their first choice, by the way. There were candidates who reportedly didn't want the job because they didn't want to work under Howie Roseman. Yeah. So at some point, don't we just have to stop and think maybe Howie Roseman's the problem? Well, here's the problem. Do we need to stop and think that? No, because we've been telling you okay. that Howie Roseman was the not, problem all not season. Us, but I mean, mm-hmm. Je- doesn't Jeffrey Lurie specifically I, need? Who, who is a very loyal guy at this mm-hmm. uh, this time? Though he's being loyal to a fault, I believe. No, I I I agree because I feel like to to me this is part of the problem. Getting rid of getting rid there, there was a three headed monster here. You had mm-hmm. Howie, you had Doug, you had Carson. At this point in time, when you're looking at a team that was 4-11-1, one, 
once again went one and seven after the bye. Mm-hmm. One and seven after the bye. There needed to be a change. There needed to be a change, but the problem is, I. W- but what you, is it? If, do you, what change do you think it needed to be? Uh, honestly, and, and and I will say this because I feel like this is this is me going away from from a mindset that I often criticize about this fan base. Mm-hmm. But I honestly was ready to say, hey, you know what? It it might be time to blow it all up and start over. You look at the age of this team. You look at how, you know, the players that they are financially committed to. Uh-huh. I am not quite, I am not sure, I am not confident that there is an immediate change to turn this around. Uh, you, let me ask you a question. Okay. I have a couple questions for you. You mm-hmm. mentioned the age of the team. Whose responsibility was that? That's Howie's. You like you're not, the, you're not gonna you're, get a pro, you're, you're not gonna, about <laughs> you're, you're not gonna get a pro Howie argument from me, you know, you know, uh, you're, you're not gonna get the hey, let's stick up for Howie from and and because to answer your question is like I felt like they, you needed to blow it up and start over. That meant Howie was gone. That meant Doug mm-hmm. was gone. That meant Carson was gone. I'm to me at this point. It was it, it was almost bittersweet, where it's like okay they move on from Doug. I was ready to move on from Doug, but I understand the emotional attachment to him because you know you and I we, we're not paid analysts we're fans so it's like yeah this is the coach that helped bring the first Super Bowl to this city. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to see Doug get fired, but you know what it. it you look at this season, it looked like it was time. It sounded like it was time. You know, it and when you 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 needed to make a change. This team needed to make a change. It's like you benching Carson Wentz for Jalen Hurts wasn't the wasn't the only change that needed to be made. And I had asked the question was, and I had asked the question whether or not you trusted Doug Peterson to coach Jalen Hurts. If you make that change, do you trust Doug Peterson to be that guy? Can he be that guy? Can, can we can we talk about some, something real quick? Because hmm? you mentioned him. I wasn't going to bring him up, but since you mentioned the kid hmm? Jalen Hurts. Okay. How much did we really see from Jalen Hurts that was better than what we saw from Carson Wentz other than he still has some legs. I this is the only difference really I saw was that Jalen Hurts would get his production in the first half and then go flat whereas Carson Wentz start would flat. be and then flat in the first half and put you in a hole and then try to fight his way back. I, I want you Other than that Neither one. I didn't see a complete game from either one of them this season, and I think a lot of that was because of the roster that you're throwing out there on a game-to-game basis. You just weren't up to the task this year. I think honestly, and I, I will take you back to conversations and debates that we've had over the years. You know, we always talk about who the most popular Eagle at the time is. It's always going to be the backup quarterback. quarterback. And no matter what the situation is, no matter what the backup quarterback does, there are always going to be fans in this city who feel like it's better than the starter. Let me take you back, not to, let me take you back farther than Nick Foles' Super Bowl year. We're not talking we're not talking the Eagles when Nick Foles took them on the uh took them on the run down the stretch and won the Super Bowl. But I'm talking when there was still controversy between who the quarterback should be, Nick Foles or Mike Vick. Mm-hmm. And Nick Foles had some success. But I feel like my argument had been that season that Nick Foles got you the same results 
that Mike Vick would have gotten you just differently. There's no way Mike Vick was ever going to go 27-2. and two. He wasn't going to throw 27 touchdowns, two interceptions. I know that. You know that. But that first year under Chip Kelly, under Chip Kelly, I think a healthy Mike Vick starting the entire year could have won you a bunch of games, won you a weak division, got you a home playoff game where you lost. Mm-hmm. You know, and I feel like that's kind of what you have here. Jalen Hurts was different. Jalen Hurts' best quality that he showed this year was that he's not Carson Wentz because you're just so sick. Of, you were just so sick of Carson Wentz. You were just so tired of Carson Wentz. It did not matter what the backup quarterback did because I, I mean it didn't. He went one and three. He went one and three, but there's still people he, who feel like Jalen Hurts was. Percents, his completion percentage was barely above 50, 52. That's yes. not good in the NFL these yes. days. Yes, but but honestly, you you listen to the fans like I listen to the fans. Were there not plenty of people who felt like Jalen Hurts was out here just turning heads? Like you Jaylen, know what I think it was? I think. The one thing throughout Carson's career, he struggled to be consistently accurate throwing the deep ball, Mm -hmm. even when he was playing well. That was a part of his game Mm -hmm. that he's an area of his game where he struggled some. Mm -hmm. Jalen Hurts, the one ball he does seem to throw consistently well is the deep ball. I think, I, I think, on the shorter throws. Hertz is pretty inaccurate. Hertz or is inconsistent, I'll say. Hertz is pretty throw in one, it looks great, and the next one, where is that going? I think he's he's inaccurate, and I think they might have been a little more gun shy as letting as far as letting him throw the deep ball. Like he threw it less often, but mm-hmm. when he threw it, he connected. So you're so when he threw the deep ball. He made plays, but you just didn't see him throw the deep ball that often. Not that often. And which then brings me to if he's not throwing a lot of deep balls and the completion percentage is 52%, how good is he? No, I understand. I, I mean, I, well, think uh, he and, showed, I think he showed some potential. Mm-hmm. And if you were a coach who really believes in your ability to work with quarterbacks, mm-hmm. you might think, hey, let me take a shot with this guy. I could turn him into something. But I think by no mm-hmm. means do I think he's a savior or I think Jalen I think Jalen Hurts proved in this last this last month of the season. Jalen Hurts is an NFL quarterback. He belongs in this league. I'm not calling. I am not calling him a franchise quarterback. I am not calling him a savior. I'm not even sure if he should. You know, I'm not even sure if he should be a 16 game starter. He is an NFL quarterback. He proved that he was an NFL quarterback. But you look at the actual games. I feel like all he did was get you the same thing that Carson Wentz was going to get you, just differently. He just he did ran, it in the first half. He did it in the, the second half. He did it in the first half. Like I think a lot of people saw that new that New Orleans game. They jump out to a seventeen, what seventeen nothing lead. Mm-hmm. New Orleans then goes on to outscore them twenty four to seven in the second half, but they scored that one touchdown that kept them ahead. You know, mm-hmm. that kept them ahead. They then lose to Arizona. They then lose to they they then lose to that get blown out by Dallas, and then the debacle that was that last game against the Washington football team. So at this point in time, you don't know. Now, uh, real quick, let me throw a show. Uh, let me throw a show quick show comment out. My man Reem said, "How can you tell with that line anyway?" No, you're absolutely right. That line was abysmal this season. And that 13, per- 14 different combinations out there this year. Mm-hmm. Some some ridiculous and number. It might be higher than that, honestly. So he. Reem is absolutely right about yeah. that aspect. Yeah. And, and that's and that goes to my point, though, is as much as we bash Carson or want to praise Hurts, what we saw from both of them was 
guy struggling to get it done with a roster that is full of holes, full of full of holes, full of holes. And that brings you back to how this conversation started, where you have now gotten rid of the coach. But the guy who put this team together is still there. The guy who put this team together is still there. And now you're looking at him picking the coach going into the draft. And that's probably the biggest red flag on this man's resume. Mm -hmm. You look at the drafts that this man has put together. I. It's like when those stories and the rumors first came out that Carson Wentz wanted out. You start hearing that Carson Wentz wants out. My initial thought was, do you blame him? His job, he, Carson Wentz said, you hear the story saying that Carson Wentz was not interested in a quarterback competition going into next season. Now, I had gone on record by saying I thought that Jalen Hurts played well enough for them to be for there to be a uh, a competition. Mm-hmm. I don't think that Jalen Hurts grabbed the starting position. I don't think that he necessarily proved yet that he can be a franchise quarterback. But he proved that when you go into the next season, he's an NFL player. He's an NFL player. You need to let's put them side by side. But I think Carson is sitting there looking at the fact that th- this is his legacy that is on the line. Mm-hmm. This is how he will be defined because he's although the Eagles went out of their way to get him, made a couple of trades to move up and get him, and then follow that up, just follow that up with a huge contract. Mm-hmm. But now he's in it; he's at a crossroads. And he's looking at an organization where you look at where they've drafted, especially at the top, especially at the top of the drafts since they brought him in. You look at the top of the draft since they brought in Carson Wentz. You'll see Dallas Goddard as a second round pick. You'll see Miles Sanders as a second round pick. What else do you have? You're a franchise quarterback. You're looking at the top of your drafts and you see... You, you, got right. a quali- you got a you got a quality running back. You got a quality tight end, and that's it. You have over over the last few years since Chip Kelly left. Yes, I'm looking at the drafts. I'm seeing Carson Wentz is still on the roster. Derek Barnett is still on the roster. Miles Sanders. Jalen Mills was was Jalen Mills a no Jalen Mills is is a but it's Jalen Mills was in the Carson draft that's the Carson draft okay yeah that he was Carson draft yeah so there but it's a small number of guys that should be your young up and coming team your core that you could should be able to build on on the future Mm -hmm. because you have your Low cost, high productivity players. Every team needs those. Mm-hmm. Most of the guys that you drafted to be that for you aren't even on the roster anymore. Not on the roster. Let's take a look at Carson Wentz's draft. Mm-hmm. Carson Wentz's draft. That's how he's first draft back out of the supply closet that Chip Kelly stuffed him in. Top of your draft is Carson Wentz. You don't have a second-round pick because you traded it to get Carson Wentz. Third round was Isaac Sayamalu. Then you're talking Wendell Smallwood. Gone. Halapulavati Vitae. Gone. Blake Countess. Exactly. Jalen uh-huh. Mills. Okay. Alex McAllister. Who? Joe Walker. Mm-hmm. That's your Carson draft. Uh huh. You got three players still on the team from your Carson draft. Very All next right. year, 2017. That's the Derek Barnett draft. Yep. Then you got, you got Sid- Sidney Jones. Gone. 
Rasul Douglas. Gone. Mac Hollins. Gone. Donnell Pumphrey. Gone. Shelton Gibson. Gone. Nathan Gary. And Elijah I Qualls. Think, I, think, I think Nate Gary's still chasing Chase Claypool. Nathan, people ask, who is Nathan Gary? Nathan Gary is the second best player of their 2017 draft. Mm-hmm. Nathan Gary. Actually, that's not true. Because Sidney Jones and Russell Douglas both have had decent years in new locations. New locations, yeah. They, they turned out to be better elsewhere. Yeah. I don't know that Nate Gary would be better anyway. But nonetheless, who do you have to show for your 2017 draft? You have Derek Barnett and you have Nathan Gary. That's five players from 2016 and 2017 combined still with the team. Mm-hmm. 2018. Even more recent. Like these guys mm-hmm. should still be on the roster. Who we got? Now, now, now these guys are all still on the roster. You got Dallas Goddard in the second round. I had no first round pick. Dallas Goddard, Avante Maddox, Josh Sweat, Matt Pryor, and Jordan Mailata. Okay. So you got Jordan. uh, Jordan Mailata, who who, Who, who might be able to play. Yeah, who might be able to play. I think he's well enough to go into next season as your starting left tackle. I think we are finally at a point where you could say, hey, Jason Peters, thanks for coming out. God bless you. Good night. We're not calling him a Hall of Famer or anything, but he can play. He can play. That's Jordan Mylott. That's who you got in the seventh round. Seventh round. Matt Pryor. Huh? Josh Sweat, I do believe. I I want to see more Josh Sweat and Derek Barnett as your defensive ends next season. Mm-hmm. Now, that remains to be seen who they bring in as their defensive coordinator because I've heard a lot of 3-4 guys being brought in. I've heard a couple of names of 3-4 guys brought in, so I'm not quite sure you know, how Barnett and Sweat would fit into that type of scheme. True, but Barnett, I don't know that he's back for another year with the Eagles cap situation anyway. So I don't know who, with the, with the Eagles cap situation, I don't know who's back next year. Hmm. Hmm. Real quick, 2019, you're going to love this one, man. Got Andre Dillard, Miles Sanders, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, <laughs> Sharif Miller, and Clayton Thorson. Okay. Dillard hurt this year, so you don't. We didn't get our chance we, to see Didn't Dillard get a yet. chance to see him. Miles Sanders, okay. He's a talented back. He's a talented back. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. No matter what happens, I'm always going to think, if you wanted a receiver who was big, why didn't you draft DK? Mm -hmm. You're sitting there watching a a receiver that was on the board become a star. Mm-hmm. And you've now watched him be and play like a star two straight years against While your team. While the guy team. you drafted struggles to get on the field. You have your second-round draft pick getting healthy scratches. In what's often by many people called the worst wide receiving core in the league. Mm-hmm. Especially once Alshon misses most of his games, Deshaun's out. Rager, at, at one point, Alshon, Deshaun, and Rager were all out. Arthago Arce- White side. At some point, here's the. At some you, point, he's you, supposed to do something. You have gotten absolutely nothing from him. What are you hanging your head on in the last two seasons from JJ Arthago White side? That's who your GM brought in, but he still has a job, and Doug is on his, and Doug's out. Mm-hmm. And at this point, I don't even think Doug is salty about it. Mm-mm. I think Doug Doug said he feels at peace with it, and I believe him. Yeah, I believe yeah. Doug when he says he feels at peace with this decision. I think so too. And it's not like I was completely. Like I said, I, I mean, I've been critical of Doug. I thought, I thought Doug needed, I, I thought Doug needed to go. 
I was on board with them making a move. It's just the fact that they made a move but kept Howie. That's what. That's why. That's th- why I this. I think sucks. I said that when we talked before during the season mm-hmm. that if I if anybody was going to go, I want Howie going first. Mm-hmm. If what, a, if, first yeah. and foremost because of Howie's own resume, mm-hmm. and secondly, if we're going to actually have to rebuild. Let's start from scratch with a new philosophy, mm-hmm. and that starts with Howie, and let the new GM choose his new coach and his players and go from there, yeah. rather than, okay, you got rid of the coach, but you still have everything else in place that made the situation what it is. And I, I think, honestly, the problem was part part of my issue with this organization was that people were holding on to faulty mindsets, but it wasn't just one person. You look at how Howie built this team. The the positions that he paid closer attention to, the positions that he ignored. And that's frustrating in itself. The fact that it's been you know, it's it's been years since they've had a dominant linebacker. Well, that position they don't value at all. No, no, they don't. But, but what bothers me, honestly, is that you watch a team like New England or Baltimore mm-hmm. when they were having extended runs, Pittsburgh, extended runs multiple years of being good t- a good team. They react to winning from a front office perspective mm-hmm. kind of callously. Yeah. Yay, we won. How can we get better? Where can we save money and still get this production? Who can, you know, who needs to get moved? Mm-hmm. The Eagles front office kind of reacted to the Super Bowl win like fans. Mm-hmm. And, oh, Alshon, you came and got us at this. A Super Bowl. Thank you. Here's this extension that we should be looking to move you at your age, but mm-hmm. uh, okay. And they're Jason Peters. Oh man, you've been with us for so long. You didn't get to play during the Super Bowl ring run, but we love you. You got a ring, but we're going to give you a shot to come back and go. No, you got to be callous and kind of cold hearted from that perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the 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 Billy Bean from Moneyball mentality of I don't travel with the players because I need to main I don't want to blur the lines. Basically, he wants to maintain that certain distance mm-hmm. because he knew his job would one day require him to cut this guy or trade this guy, and you can't be emotional about it. It's you can't. If you can, like, and I've said this before, you can have a couple older guys. You can't have a team where all of your quote unquote stars, your high priced players that you're banking on for production are over 30. Mm -hmm. Just can't do that in the NFL. It's hard to do that in the NBA, it's hard to do that in baseball. In the NFL, it's almost impossible. Much, it's almost impossible. Which is why you need that core of guys in there on rookie deals and just getting to their second contracts. You know, you just get to your second contract five years in the NFL, you're probably somewhere around 27. You're just getting to the peak of your production. These guys, 10 years in the league, it's, you know... The other way at that point, you're headed downhill. Deshaun Jackson, 34 years old. Mm-hmm. Jason Kelsey, 33 years old. Mm-hmm. Alshon Jeffrey is 30. Mm-hmm. Zach Ertz mm-hmm. is 30. Mm-hmm. Those are your those those were your guys. Mm-hmm. Jason Peters is how old? Jason Peters ain't even on the list. No. <laughs> yeah. 
I I know like he's but he's thirty seven. I think he is. So this this roster got old really fast. That it did. That it did. And that's once again that brings you back to Howie. That's that's on Howie. That's how you know. That's why this will always be a, a, a tough pill to swallow. Mm-hmm. And. What is there? What has he given you to think that it will be different? You know, we talk about the mentality, Howie's mentality not changing. You know, I felt like Doug, my issue with Doug was that it seemed like he was of the mindset that it wasn't his coaching. It wasn't necessarily his coaching. It wasn't necessarily his his staff. It was execution. Execution was the problem. I think that's, you know, calling it execution in hindsight, Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of that may be Doug saying, how he's giving me guys that can't get the job done. But he can't come out and say, these guys can't get the job done and throw Mm -hmm. his players under the bus. Mm -hmm. He just uses the word execution. But if it's repeatedly execution, that means I have guys that can't execute. Which brings us back to Howie Roseman mm-hmm. and the roster he's putting on the field. So as they move forward, as they move forward, now now you got to hire somebody. Mm-hmm. Now you got to hire somebody. And at this point, it's, it's funny because... <laughs> You remember back in the day, Jeffrey Lurie tried to he, – he referred to the Eagles as the gold standard, which was, mm-hmm. pure, which was pure comedy. That was pure comedy to anybody who heard it. I mean, yeah, it's a good, you know, it's a good sentiment. I hear what you're doing. I understand what you're saying. But during the Andy Reid era, the Eagles were widely considered one of the best-run organizations. Mm-hmm. In the NFL, so but now, but you you look at it and now people talk about Jeff Lurie like they used to talk about Norman Bremen back in the day. <laughs> now you're looking at now it's it's like people want to fire the owner. What has changed? The Super Bowl was not that long ago. Like, at this point in time, now, like, why are you... I, I think that's a simple answer, though. To me, the biggest thing that's changed is in recent history, the owner seems more willing to inject himself into football stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, he wants to... Uh, apparently, he was the one that chose Arthega Whiteside over other some other guys who were available at the time or things like that and if he's making those decisions he's jerry jones and if he's the if he's jerry jones he's essentially the gm and then Mm -hmm. yeah we're talking about firing the gm firing yourself so does this go so do you think that this is kind of this this goes back to the whole chip kelly thing like where chip Jeffrey Lurie was kind of a hands-off guy. Mm-hmm. He let Joe handle it. He let Andy handle it. And he kind of just stepped back and just like, hey, these are the people that I brought in to do the job. Mm-hmm. You finally are put to a point where you have to move on from Andy. You bring in Chip Kelly, who once again has a little bit of initial success, you know, earns a little bit more power, takes that power and runs your in, your your organization into the ground to the point where the players don't like him, the staff don't like they're like people like people working in the cafeteria ain't like Chip. Mm-hmm. Whole darn building don't like Chip. So you're then you're put Chip Kelly put Jeff Lurie in a situation that he had never been in. Or hadn't been in in a long time where he had to get his hands dirty. Mm-hmm. He had to get involved. They bring in a new regime, and that new regime brings you even higher than what Andy did. They immediately. Immediately. Well, uh, well, 
Two years. Two years. In two years. First year, you have a rookie quarterback go seven and nine and shows lots of potential, a rookie head coach Mm -hmm. who shows signs of being able to coach. And then the next year, they go to the Super Bowl and win it. And win it. Being what? 13 and three that year? I believe so. Yeah, that, thirteen and that, three. So here it is. So the I guess the the issue is now he's like, okay, this works. Maybe I need to be down here with my team a little bit more. And he overdid it. Mm. He's overdoing it. And at this point now, it's like, okay, Howie, you, you bring Howie out of the, the supply closet that Chip Kelly stuffed him in. He is able to bring in a good core of veterans to surround his young pieces. Mm-hmm. Zach Ertz is still in his, is entering his prime. You have Carson Wentz. You have some, you know, you still have on your defense, you still have, you know, you still have Brandon Graham who's in his prime, Fletcher Cox who's in his prime. Cause we're, we're talking three, four years ago now. I mean, but if that's the case and you have those guys in your prime, you don't double down around them with older guys. You replace mm-hmm. the older guys with the with younger the young guys. Yeah, yeah. That's what you're supposed to do, but then you look at these drafts and you don't see that guy there. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you know, which means uh, you go into the free agent market and everyone mm-hmm. always overspends in the free agent market and you get other teams cast offs in the free agent market. Mm-hmm. You think essentially you, you hope that Rasul Douglas and Sidney Jones and Derek Barnett were going to be the future of your defense. Mm-hmm. You think, in theory, you spent you spend the top of your 2017 draft on defense. You bring in Car- in 2016. You bring in Carson Wentz. You bring in Isaac Sayamalu. You bring in Halapulavadi Vitae. You think Vitae will be the? Uh, you think Vitae will be your left tackle of the future? He's a big dude. And he was a solid yeah. left tackle. He was on the field for the Super Bowl yeah. run. But because you decided to say thank you to Jason Peters, you can't afford to keep Vitae. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, uh, Vitae went to Detroit, and he they almost kicked him out the door with uh, Matt Patricia. But nonetheless, you're looking at this draft and you see the direction that they're going, but that's not the, you know, it's not there. Derek Barnett, we, we don't know if we're going to be able to keep him. Josh, I, I, I would love to see Josh Sweat and Derek, uh, and Derek Barnett as your, as your defensive ends. But like you said, can they even afford to keep Derek Barnett? What do you do then? That's a good question because Barnett's up for an extension coming up. So, if I mean, I think they exercised his fifth year option, so they've got him under control for one more year. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, I don't know where you're going. At this point, you're leaving it up. How he ha- to to me, if you're going to calm this city down. Howie has to hit this draft out the park. And he has not had a home. I don't think he's had a anything nothing more than a Howie's base history. Hit. Yeah. yeah n- nothing in Howie's history says to me he can get five out of seven, mm-hmm. six out of eight players in the draft that are that are solid NFL starters in the next two, three, two years. And the, the I think at the very least. Or you have the sixth pick in the draft. You have the sixth pick in the draft. The sixth pick has to, you know. The sixth pick has to be a home run. It's almost, it should be almost impossible to screw that up. Well, you would think that. Yes. But, But we've thought that several times. We thought it would have been impossible to screw it up. And I, 
I don't want to say this as though I think Jalen Rager is a bust. I don't know. Yet. I think it's too early to say that. You know, but it's too early to say that. But it's not too early to say that Justin Jefferson just broke the rookie record for receiving yards and made it to all was on all pro team. And he was there when you picked him. Mm-hmm. But you decided to to be the smartest guys in the room. Mm-hmm. They have a history of wanting to do that, where they think they can outsmart everyone to do something that throws people off and keep them guessing. And now we can and, do this. And, and, and it's like my and it's like my God, that that's not what we need. I don't yeah. need. I don't. I need slam dunks. I have been. Get, I feel, get me the best player. I have been. I feel like this is something I've been saying ad nauseum since I've been able to buy a microphone and have podcasts and share my opinion. Your first and your second round draft picks should be expected to start week one. I yes. that's what that's what I need. I with and, one exception. Yeah, I agree with that. With the one exception. What's, what's your exception? What's quarterback? Okay. You, you know don't what? necessarily have to expect mm-hmm. the quarterback to start week one. But I will but say, than, I, I, I do agree with that. I will say this because at this point in time, I feel like un, unless one of these, unless something happens for some reason, you're at six and Lawrence is there, which I, you know, I, I don't think – I don't see any reason for that to happen. No, Lawrence won't be there. Yeah, Lawrence won't – I mean, that that's to, – to me – because I, I just don't – the point I'm making is I don't see the, uh, the Eagles getting a quarterback this year. So no. since they're not getting a quarterback this year, what – I don't know who they're going to get. And we'll get so, – and we'll get uh, – we'll get Javon Offord on the show – at some point in time between now and the draft where we can talk mock drafts and who the Eagles should look at and who the Eagles are going to get. But bottom line is no matter who they get at number six, that's a slam dunk. That, I mean, to me, that goes without saying that who you get at number six should be starting week one. I don't need any more projects. I don't need anybody you groom. And say draft somebody out of the SEC. Maybe somebody from Alabama or LSU and mm. call it a day. I I, I don't know who is, who said it for the or, number six yeah. pick. Only scout those two schools. How I, about I, I can't. I'm not sure who said it, but it made sense to me. I should have wrote it down because they said the uh, the Sixers finally figured it out that when draft they're picking, from yeah, just draft the best Kentucky player every year, and that the Eagles should now just draft the best out whoever's the best from Alabama where they pick, get them. I'll, Get the I'll best. throw LSU in there too. LSU, all right. Mm-hmm. Alabama. I don't want to. You know, I'm, Justin Fields. Nah, I, I'm good. I'd I'd even go as far as to say who's the best player out of the SEC available. Okay. If you just only scout the SEC and Clemson, if you do that, mm-hmm. we can call it a day. At this Stop point, going to all these other places mm-hmm. and funny things, guys who never played before, and yeah. No projects. I don't want any projects in the first three rounds. I don't want projects. I don't want guys you hey, this is somebody we can groom to be the next. No, I don't need the next. I need the now. I need guys in the first, in the second, and possibly the third that can come in and start right now. Yeah, like if you can find a Maya Lada in the seventh round that it takes three or four years to yeah. develop. That's fine. That's the yeah. seventh round pick. Exactly. I'm good with that. We're, I'm that good with that. No project. We're, we're not really mad about a seventh round pick not making the roster in the first place. So if you can get a guy there that's a project, great. Your first three rounds, I need guys that can play. Exactly. First two rounds, I need guys who can definitely start. Mm-hmm. Third round, I need a guy who can come in and at least be a solid player in the rotation, a, hev- a serious contributor. If not a starter, no, I I am with you on that. All right, let's uh want to really let, let me shift to uh audience question real quick. My man Rob said Deuce for head coach. Said I'm are you with me? I'm I'm gonna be real with you. I like Deuce. Not with you on that. I I'm I'm good on Deuce, 
and this is why. I feel like this whole hour we've been talking, and this whole hour, this whole season, when we are talking about the Eagles, I've been saying it's organizational failure. Mm-hmm. You go to Deuce now. To me, that says you had the answer in your organization this entire time, and you couldn't see it. I do think Deuce, I, Deuce is a quality coach. He needs to go to another organization where he can be the real offensive coordinator, not the not the run coach guru or whatever, the, the assistant head coach in charge of running the ball with your left hand or whatever <laughs> whatever position you know they called him. But they danced around Deuce for so long where it's like if there's a future, if Deuce has a future in this in in this business, it can't be with this organization. If Eric Bien if this is the season that Eric Bienemy gets a head coaching job. And the thing is, and, and we'll talk about this maybe on Jonesy and Brown or something else later on in this week because I keep on hearing these stories that Beanie is a poor interviewer, and that's what's keeping him out. So that's 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 talk for another you know another day. But if this is the off season that Eric Beanie gets a head coaching job, Deuce needs to get on the phone and call Andy and say, "Hey, Andy was good." Andy was good. You got a head coaching open. You know, you got a. a he needs to show his stuff mm-hmm. and be a real offensive coordinator. I don't want Deuce. I'm good. In fact, I don't want anyone in this organization. I think that's part of the problem why I'm good with them firing Doug. I, like My only issue is Doug should have been – they should have said, hey, Doug, on your way out, grab Howie and take him with you. But – the fact that Doug was saying, hey, you know, I think Press Taylor is the guy. He's going to be my offensive coordinator. I can understand why Jeff wasn't excited about that. This team needed a real offensive coordinator. And unfortunately, I'm not – I feel like he – they held Deuce down for too long. So you think Deuce just needs uh, to be able to get a fresh start? Yeah, Deuce else. needs a fresh start. I don't – you know, I I – Deuce just needs a fresh start. It, it, it doesn't need to be here. Because I, at this point in time, this yeah. is because uh, I get what you're saying. The point that you made earlier, I think it fits in here. Whereas Howie and Jeff want a guy that they can control. Mm-hmm. And Deuce is that guy. And I don't want and, – and this, and this kind of speaks to the point that you, you and I made uh, last season about Saquon Barkley and hating Saquon Barkley and hating the Giants for making me hate Saquon Barkley. I don't want to hate Deuce Staley. I don't want to be mad at Deuce Staley. I don't want to be frustrated with Deuce Staley. And I I like Deuce. He's one of my all-time favorite Eagles. And if Howie and Jeff make me dislike Deuce Staley, I will never forgive them. <laughs> and that's exactly what could happen if you make Deuce coach this slop that Howie Roseman drafts. You bring in Deuce Staley, that gives Howie Roseman carte blanche to go draft another project, outsmart himself, and let it all fall on Deuce when it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Just like, you know, whoever the quarterback is, when he can't play with the slop that Howie drafts, and we're ready to run him out. When we're sitting here, when Jalen Hurts is struggling as quarterback because he can't protect the ball because he's getting killed behind the the offensive line that Howie drafted, and we're now calling for the backup quarterback, whether it be Carson Wentz, whether it be somebody else. I don't want, you know, at this point in time, I don't want that for Deuce. Deuce just needs to be like, hey, man, y'all got rid of my man, Doug. I'm good. Let me weigh my options. I'm good. Thanks for coming out, Deuce. I respect you, Deuce. Deuce, call call Mike Tomlin. I mean, call you do Andy realize Reed. that Jeffrey Lurie said that he expects Deuce to be a, a candidate for head coach. I'm sure he does. Hey, and bottom, you know what? On his way out here, there you go. Help, help, uh, help Jeff Lurie, help Jeff, Jeff Lurie qualify. Get, get your uh, your Rooney Rule interview out the way. I got you. We'll have this interview. Now you got the black guy out the way. 
You can interview whoever you want. You know, but at this point, Deuce, Deuce needs to say deuces. You know, it's, it's like, look, man, I'm good. Deuce has been here for, what, three coaches now? Never got the offensive coordinator job? He wasn't good enough to be offensive coordinator with Andy, wasn't good enough to be the offensive coordinator with Chip. And I'm not even saying, in fact, I feel like saying not good enough is a poor choice of words. He wasn't given he wasn't given the job with Andy, wasn't given the job with Chip, wasn't given the job with uh with Doug. Yeah, for whatever reason, they all saw fit to go other directions than Deuce. Three straight coaches saw fit to go in a different direction, but we want to make him head coach now? Three straight coaches who had multiple coordinators. None of those coaches only had one coordinator. Yeah. Uh, real quick, my man Rob pointed out, he said, Eric Bieniemy won't come here. He'll have better options. You, you, you're absolutely right. If I was Eric Bieniemy, I want nothing to do with this team. And, you know, I don't know that I necessarily agree with that narrative. If you're an NFL coach, especially a first-time head coach, there are only 32 of these jobs. If you're trying to get mm -hmm. one of them, and one of them comes available. I think they're better op. I think of the the teams, there could be better options. Now, if you're, we'll see. Because once again, I keep hearing this thing about Eric Bieniemy being a poor interview mm -hmm. and having poor interviews. I I read that Atlanta absolutely would want to give the job to him, and he comes in and he stunk up the interview. I don't know if that's true or not. I, you know, I, I don't know how much I put into that. I don't know how much of, of that is just narrative or whatever. But, you know, if if Bien-Ami, if if these teams once again, like I, I don't think if if Bien-Ami's, uh choices are come in and coach the Eagles or be an offensive coordinator another season, I think he should give the Eagles a shot. But if there's another opportunity on the uh, on the board, then I think he should. Go, I think he should look into that. If somebody else wants him. I think he should look into that. I okay. So of the places that have head coaching availabilities right now. Mm -hmm. Which one would you actually say is a good job? Which think, one, or, or a better job than the Eagles? Think uh, San Diego. Oops, I'm sorry, Los Angeles. Los Angeles, the Chargers. Yes, you you do have the young quarterback Justin Herbert. You're in San Diego. All right, I'll give you that one. Although. I don't know what the cause. Historically, they haven't been in the organization that's been able to get it done. I don't know if that's front office, ownership, culture, what. But okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you San Diego. Are right, you'll give me San Diego? Let me throw another one out there. Or, I, I'll give you the Chargers. All right. Excuse me. Now you you'll give me the Chargers. Let me put one out there for you and get your opinion. What do you think of Jacksonville? Is Jacksonville a better, uh, a more intriguing situation than? The Eagles got no. the number one pick. They have the number one pick, but unless they're going to give me complete control of everything, no. Mm. They're not a team that's shown me a history of doing anything. Mm -hmm. New York Jets. Is that your answer? That blank, that blank, almost angry stare. Is that your answer? <laughs> All right. All right. I'm, 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 I mean, come on. <laughs> what about Houston Texans? Would you put that over to Houston Texans? No. You got Deshaun Watson. He wants out, but. You have Deshaun Watson who just got paid and wants out already. They've, I mean. That says that says enough right there. Mm -hmm. you, what kind of situation would you be walking into when you have a forty million dollar quarterback who mm -hmm. wants out? You know, kind of it. What kind of handicap or, or hamstring 
you mm-hmm. have on your organization when that's the case walking in mm-hmm. and then you have a history of not paying your talent not taking the right players bad stuff that's it's not a better job okay so at this point you think the only job better than the eagles would be the los angeles chargers because i'm not i'm, I'm not even going to throw out the the falcons or the Falcons or uh, who else? What's the other one? The Detroit Lions. Okay. That's yeah. – yeah. So of the jobs that are actually available – Of the jobs that the, are available, you're saying – The Eagles actually might be able to get their their choice of coaches. Okay. Do you think – what do you think of Lincoln Riley? Because that's a name that I've heard thrown out there. I know the NFL plays a different game than it used to. But I'm still not the hugest fan of Mm -hmm. college coaches that come in with zero NFL experience. Mm -hmm. My my question is, to me, I feel like that is once again, that would be once again Howie and Jeffrey outthinking themselves. Saying, hey, you know, I understand it didn't work with Chip Kelly, but let's go back to that well. To me, to your point, and I, I agree with you because I'm I, I believe that we're on the same page in that I want to see an NFL guy. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be an NFL head coach. I would not mind if they went the same route as Andy Reid and Doug Peterson and John Harbaugh uh, again, Harbaugh again, mm-hmm. like it doesn't have to be a it doesn't have to be a coordinator. No, it does not. But I do want someone with NFL pedigree, NFL experience. Yes, yes, I need an NFL guy. Coach needs to be an an NFL guy. Can be. I don't care if it's a special teams coach. I don't care if it's a quarterbacks coach. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. but a college coach, and and I understand, you know, the, the sentiment that hey, you know, especially if they decide that they're going to go with Jalen Hurts next season. But I'm, I'm good on that. And the funny thing is, though, you mentioned Doug Peterson, Andy Reid. And Jim Harbaugh, all three of them are Super Bowl winning coaches. Mm-hmm. That came from an atypical route, neither one having not been even offensive coordinators. Or Doug was something like a coordinator for the year, mm-hmm. but he didn't call plays. And But all three have Super Bowls as head coaches. So all three, yep. You're right. I don't necessarily need you to have been the assistant head coach per se, but. I do need you to be an NFL guy used to working with NFL players, knowing what grown men or that environment is like, as opposed to thinking the college way where you think you just come in and be a dictator who tells everyone to do what to do. Mm -hmm. And when guys have millions of dollars and can live their own life, they're going to laugh at you when you try to do that. That doesn't work into with today's guy. No, it doesn't. With today's athlete. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. And unfortunately, this seems this seems like it's going to this is going to play out for the rest of the winter into the spring. Because it also seems like from that press conference, Jeffrey Lurie's not necessarily pressed to name a quarter uh a coach anytime soon. Which makes no sense to me at all. No, no, it does. I feel it like seems to me that the sooner you get the right guy in, you can start. The sooner forward. he can get to work mm-hmm. on putting his plan into action. Mm-hmm. He, he can start building his staff and start. You know, you get the first head coach. He gets the first bit, the first bit on the good assistants, and you know he can start scouting early and start all the other stuff. But if he doesn't even know he's going to have a job until who knows when, then. But again, I guess 
that brings us back to our favorite term, organizational failure. All right, so this is what I'm this is what I want you to do. I'm gonna give you some homework. All right, I'm listening. I want you I, I want the Mike Jones list of possible coaching replacements. Who would Mike Jones if if how if Howie decides, hey, you know what? I can't do this. I need a mastermind. I need one of the smartest people in the history of sports to handle this. Let me call my man Jonesy. Let me go to Jonesy and get his advice. So between now and next week, can I get the the, the Mike Jones list? Oh, absolutely. We can definitely do that. Okay. And let's let's do that. Let's 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 do that on next week's show. We break down where Joan who Jonesy would want to bring in. No. I'll get right to work on that. Okay. All right. Well we we will do that. And that's and that's what we call in the business a tease. A tease. All right, look, man, I want to we, we need to know what you think of this show. What you think of the discussion that we had today. So you hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search BITW Sports or search Jonesy and Brown. Because he's Jonesy and I'm Brown. The, thus, the name Jonesy and Brown. I mean, we're both Brown. But... Yeah, well, you know, we are both Brown. But that's my name, though. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's my daddy's name. He gave it to me. said I could have it. said I could rock with it. Nonetheless, you can download it. He trusts you with his name? He, he does. He does. Sometimes that's coming to question. <coughs> Sometimes he's had to rethink it. Plenty of times. Sometimes he's had to rethink it because of things I've said on the mic with you. Sometimes he sit up there and he's, he's listening. He's walked past me as I sit in here, you know, trying to drop some knowledge. And it's like, I'm about to take my name back. It needs to be Jonesy and Smith or something. But nonetheless, hey, download this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, SoundCloud, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, uh, Anchor, Spotify, YouTube, wherever. Wherever you get podcasts, highlight your boys. He's Jonesy. I'm Brown. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We'll catch you guys uh, what, next week. Sounds good to me. All right. Yeah, next week. Next week. We'll be back. Peace, y'all. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to soundcloud.com slash B-I-T-W sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports.